Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today with a special guest, Faith Kidder, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner, and she is also a child health consultant, and she works in the Child and Teen Checkups um, Division of the Minnesota Department of Health. And she's going to talk to us today about screening and really preventative measures that the Department of Health um, has available for families to help them find what their child might need to really get them on that best path for healthy development overall. Welcome, Faith. Thank you for having me. So happy you're here today. And so we're going to start out just talking about prevention, which is always a good place to be when you're looking at health concerns. And so one of the things that I know you're very involved in is screening for some of those concerns. And so can you tell us a little bit about the screening process and why that's so important? Thank you, Priscilla. Thank you so much for having me. So screening is a process that's performed on a whole population, uh, such as children in daycare or children who are going to their medical provider for a well uh, child health visit. And it's performed on all children um, who go to see their provider for a well visit or all children in that daycare, not just on the children that one might think there's something going on with or there's a problem or a concern. Um, And an example of this Holistic screening that's uh, preventive screening that's performed on all children is vision screening. Uh, Screening is not a diagnosis, and a child that does not pass the screen is is identified as having a concern. It's not, we know that there's something going on, but we need to figure out a little bit more what's happening in order to have a diagnosis or determine what the problem is. Um, And an example is your child goes and gets a vision screening during their well visit, which is really all about preventive screening, Um, that well visit's all about preventive screening. So then the medical provider says, oh, your child didn't pass their vision screen. I would like them to go see an eye doctor. That is kind of an example of a concern's been identified, but further evaluation needs to be done. And sometimes it can be done by the medical provider in that visit, but um, sometimes they'll refer to another provider that's more specialized in the concern that's identified. That's great. That's a wonderful um, explanation, and thank you for sharing that. And so when we think about screening, why would we want to do screening. Why is that helpful when you look at children and their development? So one thing is a lot of people think, why? Why do you go looking for trouble? Why, you know, my child looks like he's doing just fine. I, you know, I don't want to like make him a problem child when he's, you know, he's doing good. So let's mm-hmm. just leave sleeping dogs lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually with children, especially young children, Catching a concern before it is obvious, and you can tell that the child that they're having problems um, results in better outcomes. And here's the other thing about kids. If they have something going on, whether it's being able to hear or being able to see or not 
cognitively something going on. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell you because they have lived with that their entire lives. And so don't expect a kid to tell you that there's something going wrong. Um, sure. And you maybe won't necessarily see it because it could be pretty subtle. And if you don't catch it, there's a lot of consequences. And it's particularly in little in children up to about ages seven, eight, their brains are growing really rapidly uh, in that early childhood period. And what's happening is we're pretty much born with all the brain cells that we'll ever have in our lifetime. But what we don't have is those connections between the nerves. And during early childhood, those nerves are setting down patterns of connections that's going to last a lifetime. And if there's a problem that's preventing a child from being able to hear, being able to see, being able to process um, cognitive um, issues correctly or well in a way that's going to help them and benefit them for their life, um, if we wait to identify that concern, maybe those nerve connections are all, will already be set in a pattern that's not going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't catch this while those their brains are growing and those nerve connections are being made, um, it may be too late for that child to have uh, the best outcome. And the story I always tell people is of my own sister who um, was born with moderate to severe hearing loss in uh, the 1950s. And my mother actually had a brother with an issue. So she was looking for, is there anything going on with us kids? Hmm. And she noticed that my sister wasn't responding to her when she talked to her when she was about 18 months old. And so my mother got her in and they diagnosed her with moderate to severe hearing loss. And she began having intervention at that time. And when she went into kindergarten, she had really good language skills, not quite, but almost on par to her hearing ears. Mm-hmm. The peers that she went to school with who were deaf, who had the same hearing loss as she did, who came into kindergarten and then got identified, they had zero language skills. And the problem was, was by the time they got to kindergarten, those neural connections had already been set down in a pattern that pretty much excluded developing language skills. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen an older deaf person that can't speak very well, that's what happened. And that's just one example that's like a really big example, but it's it's so important to catch these things. And really, sometimes as a parent, we, we don't always see that something's going on. And getting back to um, children not knowing, one of the stories um, that a nurse told me in one of my trainings on hearing and vision that I do is she had a son who got diagnosed at seven years of age with 2,600 vision in his left eye. 
she didn't know that he didn't have that problem. Even though she was a nurse, she couldn't tell just by looking at him that he was basically blind in one eye. And she asked him, why didn't you tell me? Hmm. And you know what he said? <laughs> he said, whoa, you can see out of your left eye? Interesting. Yeah, he had adapted to just use what he was, what he was able to use. And, and he thought everybody just had two eyes but could only see out of one of them. Interesting. Wow. But early intervention is so key. And we do a lot of that work in our coaching, helping folks who are caring for young children remember that screening is such a great way to find those concerns early on. And I know that the that the Department of Health has a nice long acronym. It's called it's EPSDT, which means tell us what that means, Faith. Yes. So um, I always tell people I live in the land of acronyms. Um, But early periodic screening diagnosis and treatment is actually a nationwide or aka federal program. And it's part of the Medicaid program to ensure that children who are eligible for medical assistance receive appropriate, timely, preventive well-child health care and screenings. Um, And that's children in low-income families. And the reason is, is that children who are from families that are low-income um, are more likely to have de- de- developmental and physical concerns that could be identified by preventive screening, but are less likely to have the screenings and have those concerns identified early. Um, and Minnesota's EPSDT program is called Child and Teen Checkups. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about what each one of those words means, if you want, Priscilla, because I think each word is sort of a standalone part of the process of um, screening. Yes. So tell us about the early part. Sure. Um, Screenings are performed early because when you screen for a concern as early as possible, it does result in better outcomes. And that's because the intervention can begin while the child is growing and developing. And that part of the brain that's um, maybe connected to whatever problem it has um, will get that intervention and uh, grow better, which results in a lifelong um, trajectory of better outcomes. And um, Priscilla, you and I, we have heard um, people from our um, the program Help Me Grow that yes. is the school district early intervention program. And correct me, but I've heard them say that if a child gets into early intervention before two years of age, um, almost half of them graduate out and don't need special education after three years of age. And that's all about identifying these concerns early uh, sure. so that children are, their brains are so amazing at this age. Right. It's incredible how quickly they can learn with the right supports in place. That's so true. And so how about the P in that acronym, periodically? Yes. Um, so, Children change over time, and if you were just to look at language development at 12 months of age or muscle growth at 18 months of age or 
um, how what their muscle movement was at two, you'd miss a lot because mm-hmm. they're growing and they're changing. So screenings really need to happen periodically through that lifespan of the child because um, if you, you know, if you screen for one little thing at one age, like language development at nine months, you may not catch the speech problem that doesn't show up until much later. True. Good point. That's a great reminder. How about the S? What does that stand for? And that stands for screening, because we do want to look at um, all children eligible um, our program is just for those on medical assistance, but what I will tell you is that um, child and teen checkups actually looks at setting the standards for screenings. What are the best, most re- accurate and reliable screenings for mm-hmm. all sorts of programs across the state? So most clinics usually follow um, our guidelines for all kids who come in for a well visit and Head Start follows our guidelines on what screenings to do and when for all their children in Head Start. And, uh, you know, there's so many people who just pull out, okay, this is what child and teen checkups recommends for screenings. Nice. What a great resource. And how about the D? So screening, once again, is not diagnosis. So, um we want those children who do are identified as having a concern to go on and develop um, an e- and have an evaluation and maybe a diagnosis, maybe not. But, mm-hmm. you know, we just want those kids to get evaluated in a diagnosis if some if a condition is really there. So, yeah. And, and that's that's really helpful, I think, through the screening, screening process. If there is a concern, then the screener, whether that's a di- doctor, the, the physician's office, or it's a screening um, with a health nurse or one of those, would, would help with the refer- referral, the appropriate referral, so that family would know what the next steps would be, correct? Correct. That's good. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's kind of a daunting task when you think, "Oh my goodness, where do I go?" But you're you're able. The professionals are there to help support that process. Um, how about the T? What does yeah. that stand for? So um, treatment is important because that's why we screen and get a diagnosis. Um, if you're not, if there's no point into any of this, if we're not going to support the child and family and provide an intervention to make a difference in that child's life by improving their lifelong well-being. And an example, the simple one I've been using on vision is prescribing glasses for distance visual acuity loss. And here's the thing. Um, When we look at distance visual acuity, if one eye can see better than the other eye at three years of age and the child doesn't get those glasses and wear those glasses for their distance visually visual acuity loss, um, then another condition, what we call a secondary condition, uh, develops called amblyopia or lazy eye. And I think okay. some people have heard of lazy eye where mm-hmm. one eye just doesn't work well. And that's because the brain wants to get the visual images just from the good eye and it shuts off the development of those nerves in the eye that's not working as well. And if you push it and give those 
that child glasses and have them wear their glasses or maybe even patch the stronger eyes so the weaker eyes nerves develop more. If you don't do that early, that child will develop lazy eye and that's a permanent condition that can cause lifelong blindness. So that's a real good example of screening and then diagnosis and then getting the proper treatment and then you prevent a lifelong disability. Truly wonderful information. And I know that there are um, often some questions related to if a child has a cognitive delay or another type of diagnosis and you're trying to provide screening opportunities for those families, can you tell us a little bit more about that process if there is a diagnosis of a special need? Yes. And, you know, I do think that um, children with uh, a disability um, oftentimes we don't get those preventive screenings because people are so focused on whatever concern seems to be the primary thing. And what I really want to um, emphasize is that those children really are the ones who need the preventive screenings because they're not just they're just they're not just developing cognitively, and they're developing cognitively in many different ways. And if you don't screen them, like the social-emotional screening, but even more so, uh, one of my big concerns is that hearing and vision screening, or sometimes those children need more of a diagnostic approach, but you want to make sure that those children are getting evaluated for this because they are at a higher risk of developing other conditions and not having those conditions identified. You know, are they growing and eating well? How are they interacting? How are their big muscles, their small muscles? If a child has autism, their muscles are still working. You know, yes. you want to make sure all systems are go to the highest level. And, and, and that's really what this is all about is, Supporting, you know, we're not looking for problems. Think of screening as kind of like starting the process of watering or nurturing the parts that need a little bit of support and help to grow well. And certainly children who are already have a disability, something else that they're already, such as my sister who is deaf, you know, there was, she still could see she needed that vision screen, you know. Yes. Really... They need to be evaluated. So, you know, preventive screenings are for all children. They really are. And I think, you know, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, Faith, this has been so helpful to really understand the the reasoning behind things and the importance. And as we look at the ways that um, child and teen checkups can really support children and families, can you tell us a few things that you really want to bring to the forefront as we close out the yeah, so we're kind of, we support all of these programs in Minnesota that support children. We don't provide the service directly, although at the county, there are child and teen checkup coordinators. But if your child is eligible for medical assistance and you go to a preventive screening with your medical provider and you need help, you can call the county um, coordinator, and they can assist you with transportation if you've got a referral, um, if you need an interpreter, if there's other things that are just making it hard for you to um, access that referral, um, that's one really good resource. 
Um, and I also train providers on, on performing these screenings. Um, and I think that's probably some of the big things is just really trying to cover and support everyone who is um, providing care for children in so many ways. That's wonderful, Faith, and such a great resource and tool. And we really appreciate you coming on our podcast today to share about these wonderful opportunities for families to understand screening in a deeper way and to also let them know about those highlights that you just shared at the end about the, the clear support that is given to create success so that your child, when you have a child, your goal and the goal of Minnesota Department of Health is to really move that child along the most health, the healthiest possible path. That's correct. Thank you so much for having me today, Priscilla. Great. Thanks, Faith. And for those of you who are listening, if you want other information related to this, you can certainly go to the Minnesota Department of Health and the Child and Teen Checkups um, area there on that website. And also go to our website. We have a lot of resources at the uh, inclusivechildcare.org. We are so grateful to have all of you listening today, and we look forward to our next episode. Thank you, Faith, for being with us. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.